podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I am your host Yash Thakur and today we are here to discuss Real Madrid's game against Levante Las Planas, the final game before an international break, the final international break before the World Cup. So and we were coming into this game on the back of three pretty poor games no wins in the last three zero goals scored in the last three games and in that period we had faced atletico madrid barcelona and granadilla tenerife so there was like we had raised the question about how this team needs a change or how the things need to change for a shift in momentum because we are now entering a crucial period we have levante just uh, you know on our heels and we have a trophy to play for as well in in copa de la reina so we needed to get our shit together and this game served as a perfect launch pad for that we could uh, you know test things we could rest some players and we could probably go for the win so it was a feel good game at the end some really good goals an absolute banger of a goal and if you're listening to this without knowing the score in which you probably aren't Real Madrid won the game 3-0 and today we'll break that down for you we'll discuss the key talking points from the game and to do that I've got Kanita with me Kanita how you doing Um I mean after given that we won and uh you know we came after a very bad run well I'm I'm feeling nice kind of chill you know but also uh, a bit of frustration because of the things that happened in the game uh like um the fouls and everything it was a very weird like, physical game and i wasn't expecting that to be honest so it's a bit of everything but you know it ended uh, well <laughs> i mean uh if you know what happened at the end of the game it's indeed such a good feeling so yeah it ended amazingly yeah so let's get into the game let's talk about the good stuff and obviously like no game is no real madrid game is done without some sort of suffering or some sort of wrong doing so it wasn't the perfect game but it was a feel good like i said so let's start by looking at the lineups it was a typical 4231 but this time we had some rotation following uh, a tough game against barcelona where we got outclassed in came feller a player we were crying for in the previous game as a runner when we went for like control with lindain maite uh, as our wingers against barcelona in this game we had caicedo starting once again so like linda caicedo has established herself as this sort of really crucial player coming in she she has seemed to like that is the thing about good players right uh, even if they are young she has just come in and made a position almost her own she has benched uh, feller or olga like has given us another option an option who can initiate combinations in half spaces who is very comfortable operating from half spaces we have got that in an 18 year old and that is that just speaks volume that she is being trusted uh, with regular minutes this this uh, this quickly after uh, after her signing 
so going through our lineup there were a couple of changes uh starting in goal it was misa obviously the back four consisted of kenty as right back susa ivana as the center back pairing and olga was starting as as the left back instead of savava zornosa and maite oros formed the double pivot and this time the front four consisted of atenea vier linda caicedo with feller leading the line so we had a runner we had a different 1v1 sort of winger in atenea we had vier doing her thing from the right half spaces we have linda caicedo who who had the freedom to do her bits from the left half space we had olga who will obviously consistently bomb up and we had maite and zornosa as the double pivot that meant like we were going to go a lot for the possession we were going to keep the ball and that is what we saw if you look at the numbers as well we were in control of the game most of the times we were able to turn possession up high with the pressing and intensity of feller and weir one of our goals also came uh, from that situation we had like 70% possession we were able to create so many chances despite levantelas planas uh, setting up defensively in a 5-4-1 so yeah i mean looking at the lineup i like i was happy i was happy that caicedo is being trusted although i do worry that giving all this sort of minutes this quickly to an 18 year old youngster you know like you are throwing her in fire she is responding she is brilliant she'll always respond she'll always have impactful moments like you can just tell you could just tell that by her performance in the derby which was her first start so yeah a very decisive player but also like i was happy to see feller starting i was happy to see esther getting some rest although i would have liked it better if naikari was given a run in 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 this game uh, instead of feller as the striker but yeah overall the lineup was pretty strong i was expecting a strong performance in in this game because you know after the last three games we needed a strong performance we needed to uh, you know bounce back from from those poor poor games so yeah what were your initial thoughts when you saw the team sheet were you happy were you like expecting a change because there was there was a couple of uh, changes that i would have liked like in place of kenty you have lucia rodriguez is, is has just vanished from the uh plans of the teams i, I don't know what is uh, going on there but yeah i mean you could have like probably rested kenty uh, after those three intense games and maybe like started lucia but yeah what were your thoughts about it this point uh i'm have kind of gave up on hoping to see Lucia in the lineup uh it's just I don't understand why but you know she just doesn't exist anymore so but yeah I agree that Kenty should have gotten that rest but I think that even if he wanted to rest Kenty that he would rather put I don't know um Claudia Florentino there as the third center back and put her or Ivana on the right back instead of Lucia because he likes doing that I don't know why yeah uh but aside from that well, I was I was actually surprised that Poletti wasn't starting. Um, like that, that took me off guard. And I was also glad on the other side about Maita that she got the the start after 
she started El Clasico and did a good game herself. And yeah, so the rest, I mean, yeah, I wasn't either expecting that Esther would get rest. Um, uh, it's good that she did. It's good that she did, but it's just that I wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's a pretty normal lineup. Um, I was just really surprised not to see Toletti there. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, and this was like the perfect uh, game for sort of like bouncing back because uh, coming into this game, like Levante Las Planas had played like four straight draws. Uh, they had scored, but they hadn't won a- any game. Like even the fifth game before this, they got thrashed by uh, by Levante, I think, 5-0. Uh, so yeah, they weren't coming into this like really uh, in-, in some good form or like they are pretty good uh, at something. But yeah, so Levante Las Planas lined up in a 3-4-3 uh, in the previous uh, game against them in the league, we discussed uh, about two of their key players, uh, Uribe and uh, Julve. Julve is a right winger. Uribe starts as a, as a striker. So they both were good. Uh, Uribe especially caused some problems. We'll get into those. But yeah, starting to discuss the game, like the opening few minutes itself, like inside the five minutes, we see Linda Caicedo, why Linda Caicedo is starting, what she is going to do in this game. She starts to initiate combos uh, from that left-hand side. We see uh, in, inside five minutes, we have a chance where Feller receives a long ball, lays it off to uh, Maite. Maite plays a very good cutback for um, an on-rushing Weir. Weir takes, uh, Weir takes a good shot and it's blocked, I think. So inside the five minutes, we see this bit where Maite Oroz, who is in in the double pivot, she is making these rotations with the winger uh, out wide. She's attacking those half spaces. There is that, you know, triangulation forming uh, in on the right-hand side. So we see multiple uh, of these occasions already. We see Linda Caicedo having the freedom to come inside and... Uh, and link up with other players we we see those sort of chances and instantly it starts to feel like we are going to score some goals in this game you know like you always felt the next goal is just around the corner we uh, like again and it wasn't long before we opened the scoring like we came close before we had in the 13th minute before like we scored we had a very good chance uh, via Atenea Atenea receives the cross from the left and she goes for for goal but it's cleared off the line in the next minute itself we score like 14th minute our first goal comes and it's Linda Caicedo again so once again kudos to the teenager who is like consistently shining and coming out on top with goals as well so this goal was like really pleasing on the eye because Linda picks up the ball Linda initiates the whole thing she links up with plays a little one-two with Caroline Weir first then plays the ball to Maite Oroz Maite plays an excellent excellent back heel pass into space and Linda's shot isn't the best 
but it goes in and real madrid are leading one goal to nil inside 15 minutes and it was coming like before before like, even that goal we had we had like three shots already and one of them was really good in in the 11th minute as well linda had a really good chance that she missed then we had atenea's uh, you know almost goal line clearance so the goal was like coming we had really good chances in the opening minutes and that finally paid off with with the goal by linda caicedo and we never really saw back from that moment on like we were completely dominant with the ball we were creating multiple of these opportunities to just show show you that we deserve to win even by a bigger margin like our xg in this game was 3.5 around and the third goal that we scored was basically like a zero xg chance because you know it came from like a halfway line so we created enough chances throughout the game to you know come out really uh, with a dominant performance so yeah what did you make of the of the first goal and if you want you can lead us on to the second goal scored by the one and only caroline weir um yeah well i first first of all i want to say that uh, we started with um you know being in an offside position it was a uh, it was a side position by feller it's like around the halfway line so it was stopped immediately but after that levantalas planas spent like 10 minutes uh trying something uh what but this is not me saying that they did something, you know, concrete. They just, they were just a lot in our half. And they had, I think, three corners inside these 10 minutes. And these 10 minutes made me think like, oh, it's one of those games that will probably struggle unnecessarily and then probably score later on some sometime. So, yeah, that's how the first 10 minutes went for me. And but luckily, I, I mean, four minutes later, this goal happens. And just as you said, it's, it was really pleasing to the eyes. I mean, um, th the gameplay is genius it's from uh, Linda's action, the, the dribbling, and then combining with Weir. Like the, that combination between Weir and Linda was top notch, and then her passing back to. Maite, it was like more of a side heel pass and a back heel pass by Maite, but I am so glad it ended as an assist that no one touched that ball. Uh, because, you know, you can finally say, oh, Maite made a side heel assist. And the thing is that Maite ha was doing a lot, uh, a lot of stuff like that, like side heel, back heel, and th those like crazy passes that she knows what to do and, and they're really entertaining. She She's done them all throughout the game. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very iconic, in my opinion. And, yeah, the shot wasn't the best. I mean, she shot right at the goalkeeper, but, you know, um, did, the, did the job. So, uh, no complaints there. <laughs> um and yeah, I mean, in the middle of those like two goals, the the next goal happened in the 18th minute and like four minutes later. But like in between those two goals, I just want to um, 
note one funny thing that happened. Um, so Levante Spanas were uh, running on the right side and were um, getting. I mean, they they were they wanted to cross or something, but there was no one there from our players except for Misa. Misa went out, you know, with the sweeper keeper that she is, and um, so she tries to hold back the player that's running there for the ball uh, and let it let the ball go to the goal kick. <laughs> that player, I think, I think it was number seven, Irina. I think uh, I'm not sure, but then she yeeted um, Misa there. Uh, and I was like, "Oh no, this, that uh, that's not good." But uh, it attended well. I think that uh, Olga had quick thinking there and saved us and what uh, Misa some time to get back and all. This. But yeah, just just a funny little moment. Uh, you know, a typical heart uh, heart attack that Misa gives us every game. And. Yeah, so the next goal, uh, the next goal was, um, well, it, 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 it finished before you could realize what happened. Because uh, the thing is, uh, they were passing between their defensive line and then um, Feller's uh, pressing came into action and Feller went, uh, went on to recover the ball. In the meantime, she actually um well she she hurt herself there but she pushed the ball too weird uh she wanted to run herself she wanted to steal the ball and score the goal herself but she couldn't uh, get up because of that and it was hurting her so we got that ball and ran a bit and went one on one versus the goalkeeper and just uh put it inside uh, so it was very quick, you know, just we uh, fellow recovering the ball, and then we're reacting uh, automatically, like, oh, it's, here's the ball, and I'll get it. It's just that it's like she knew exactly where she would push the ball, um, and the celebration that <laughs> goal was funny because I told you that um, fellow couldn't get up, and. Um, the, the players surrounded her and we just like jumped once and celebrated by herself. Then she w went back to um, see what's up with Fella. And then when players thought, okay, she's fine, Fella is fine, uh, then let's high-five weird. But it, it was so anticlimactic, anticlimactic that celebration is so funny. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know, what do you think uh, about that goal and what if you noticed some other things there uh, with the pressing b uh, before that exact recovery? Because I hadn't really, I don't really quite remember the pressing before that. So if you do know something, just add, yeah. Yeah, so like like I mentioned at the start of the game, uh, we had Feller uh, as the striker here and we're now we know we have become accustomed to Weir and Esther being our two players who lead our press. But with Feller, we get a little more intensity. We get a little more, uh, you know, dynamism. And we got that in, in this goal. Like, this is the goal that stemmed from the way we press. It was... It started from a long ball from there and, and um, it was first a headed clearance from Ivana, I think. And then... 
we went player to player they tried to settle they tried to settle down in a in a controlled possession situation and they tried to pass the ball around at the back but feller like weir was obviously the first trigger weir identified that we can press the back line she jumped that forced the sideways pass to the center back and there was a bad touch now feller was really attentive to it feller jumped immediately bounced on that loose uh, on that bad touch and recovered the ball yes she obviously tried to uh, go herself because it was just the goalkeeper uh, beyond that but she was hurt in the process uh, of recovering the ball a little and we are as always like made no mistake she identified that there was a loose ball for the taking she took it and she finished it real madrid to levante las planas nil and from this point on like it it felt like a routine task now now from this point on maite took entire control like maite had a splendid game uh, i think like she was she was toying with players she had the freedom uh, and the license as well to consistently like operate in the final third consistently be a part of those link up situations in the final third consistently you know sub- she she is always there to support a uh, possession you know like wherever the ball is she'll always provide support she'll always be an uh, always be a passing option and she is really skilled we saw in that assist in the first goal where it was a sort of a side heel slash back heel or whatever you want to call it but her vision there to just quickly play that instead of uh, getting a touch and bringing it under control to like play it first time in behind to spot that space is is brilliant and she does that uh, on a frequent basis and today she had that freedom and with zornosa by her side we had two players who are pretty adept at creating chances at playing those sort of through balls uh, uh, in behind and play identifying those line breaking passes so it was very much a routine task from here on as soon as we went 2-0 up but the thing that you know leaves a sort of sour taste uh, in this game is a bad aftertaste that there were a lot of fouls in this game and pretty bad ones and and the referee made some like really questionable decisions because let's let's start by talking about what happened in the 31st minute with zornosa so zornosa tries to get to the ball she gets the ball and there's a wild swing from uribe i think it's i think it's uribe she takes a wild swing at it hits zornosa on the leg while going for the if you want to call it quote unquote loose ball duel and the referee cards first of all card zornosa zornosa is down injured and like pretty badly injured because she really seemed like she was hurt because you know she could not walk she was down on the ground for a long time and and everything and the refereeing decision was pretty weird she came she tried to come back on uh, after like 4 5 minutes but she could not just continue like she could not uh, properly run she could not properly walk and stuff and she had to be carried off and the scenes from the bench didn't didn't look really uh, you know really good and to have that sort of situation and then card the player that is you know for such a foul which which obviously like seemed pretty obvious if you watch it live as well i, I don't know 
they got the free kick they took the free kick it was straight at misa and like misa was pretty upset as well if you could notice that uh, so yeah i mean the refereeing was pretty bad i think uh, in terms of just like identifying the fouls and giving the right calls it was it, it was a it was a horror show levante las planas obviously without much of the ball they committed a lot of fouls they committed like 10 fouls in in this game and some of them were pretty bad so yeah i mean it, i don't know i i just hope zorno has injury isn't long term because obviously like with the scenes that we saw from the bench she really looked uh, in distress and hopefully like she can come back because i think she is definitely going to miss the international break now which is a good thing i would say you know international break can be uh you know a boon for us we always sometimes have injuries like most teams just most club teams just hate international break because there is always a big chance of uh injuries there so so hopefully like she is out from there but you know with the world cup coming in every player wants to play in that and i hope the injury isn't long and she can come back uh, pretty quickly so yeah i mean if you have anything to add about that foul and that decision you can or we can talk about some some of the tactics that um, that i noticed in the in the first half or, and which were like the general theme about how we were trying to play and how we were trying to build out from the back and everything yeah i mean first before i add something onto that foul and uh, the severity of her injury um i it's actually um I, i just wanted to say like uh, a couple of things that happened just like four or five minutes before that flash um and it, it was like two crosses inside um inside of the box and both very precise very good crosses and i just want to say that i'm impressed by the number of successful crosses uh, that we had in this game if you have the number tell me later um like attempted versus successful uh crosses but i mean from my naked eye <laughs> like without having the stat it looked like much more successful than i i would have anticipated and like more more than in um probably any other game that we had um i mean there are games that we attempt a lot of crosses but barely any um is successful but this game she's kudos honestly but yeah i mean 25th minute so nosa had like this pass from the outer side of her foot like the modric pass uh to a weir to her uh, head and it was um just over the bar and like a minute later it was um atenea crossing inside from the right side and it, the the cross was great uh to my surprise and it ended on fellas head and it was also very close but just above the crossbar so yeah it's like in span of one minute and yeah but yeah as i said it's like uh five minutes before that uh injury happened and then so that clash happens and i obviously don't understand why she given a yellow card uh first of all she's not at fault there um and i think that yeah so nosa um actually put it in her caption on social media that oh uh, like uh, thank you for all the um 
support and what PS, what are we going to do with my yellow card? So yeah, there's that. Uh, it definitely wasn't her at fault. And she actually tried to go back to the pitch, but then just uh, fell at some point. So she had to be subbed off and like carried off pitch as well. Uh, and that said, uh, there is actually updates, official update on her injury. It's broken fibula and she will be out for six to eight weeks, which means she would, mm, it's possible that she won't be back until the end of the season, or maybe she will be back until uh, like her last two games, maybe, or at least for Copa de la Reina. Uh, that's what Arancha said. It's like confirmed that all the tests had broken fibula and that she might work to, um, you know, play those two Papa de la Reina games, hopefully, too. So, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely not good. Uh, it wasn't good uh, to see that. I mean, she was in tears later on, she was even mad how it happened and everything. Um, so yeah, the, the the game was like so aggressive. I, I don't understand why. Uh, like I, I'm glad that nothing happened to Fella in that second goal, like what I described. Uh, but it was like a tackle. She was tackling and she tried to go over that um, defender. She uh, went up against and she felt like it was a bad fall, but. Um, she just limped it off. She just she was limping for a couple of minutes, and then I saw her running normally. So, thankfully, that wasn't nothing. But uh, later on, there will be so many more weird things happening, and the uh, refereeing with the fouls, especially, was very very questionable. And this Sonosa injury is definitely one of the <laughs> worst yellow cards I've ever seen. So, yeah. Yeah, it was the refereeing was not great. Like, and we have discussed this multiple times how there's need to be better refereeing and all of that. I think it's a moot point at this, you know, at this moment to consistently be discussing that there are wrong decisions all over. There are like horrible calls, bad yellow cards or whatever. But yeah, uh, it, it's fine. So it's not fine, but <laughs> you get the point. It's no point in discussing. It. Uh, what isn't in our control so yeah so soon after like around the end of the first half we saw another chance where like linda is uh linda receives the ball via a sort of diagonal switch or a ball over the top by where linda carries the ball towards the touch line uh, towards the byline and then she puts a cutback for an onrushing maite so I wanted to talk about this chance in particular because this chance highlights one of the key you know tactical a aspects that we have over the season we have uh, actually like worked upon and it has actually become a big part of how we play we always have one of our midfielders ready to like crash the box sometimes it's we're attacking the box a little later uh, you know, with the striker providing the depth, pinning the center backs back, then it would be weird making herself making a run perfect for the cutback. 
this time we had Maite in that role. Like since we were so dominant uh, with the ball in this phase, we had no issues. Like we we didn't have to sit back. We were happy pushing forwards. We were consistently like attacking, attacking, attacking. We had the ball all the time. And this chance like comes about with that. We what was also what also stood out in this game is how quickly we were able to like switch uh, play from one side to the other and that was that was something that really uh, stuck with me like it might not be like direct switches but we were quickly able to suck them in to one side of the pitch and then quickly move the ball around relay the ball around to the other side to the weaker side where there's uh, not many players and then we would attack we would have uh, Kaisedo uh, on the left or we would have Athena in 1v1 situations so we had these sort of players as, acting as outlets which which worked really well and uh, yeah i mean the thing about the thing about that chance is is the midfield midfielders crashing the box on a consistent basis and providing an option for for the cutback i think that is a big part of our uh, attacking strategy because a lot of our goals or a lot of our uh, you know sort of second assist or hockey assist goals comes from this situation where we are able to like move the ball to the other side then we play the ball inside the box for somebody making a late run into the box usually it's one of uh wear or one of the midfielders in in the double pivot so yeah something to keep an eye on and i think it's it's a it's a good strategy because teams uh often find it difficult to deal with late runs into the box because one of the forwards has already pinned the center backs back so there is that space where the opposition has a sort of doubt in their mind about whether they want their center backs to cover that space whether they want their midfielders dropping deep to cover that space and it's 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 really good to be able to like manipulate uh, a 541 sort of low block which levante las planas were falling into when when they did not have the ball so they were operating in a 3-4-3 normally but without the ball the wing backs would drop into the back line the wide players in the front three would drop in into the midfield and it was just Uribe who was serving as an outlet and she she caused some problems because whenever they were able to like have a turnover in the middle third or in the defensive 40% of their pitch they were able to quickly like play the ball over the top for uh, Uribe to attack uh, she was consistently placed on the outside of the center backs and with the amount of possession that we had it was like we had both full backs pushing up as well so there was space to exploit in the wide areas and Uribe did a pretty decent job uh, in doing so she was consistently showing up uh, as an outlet and while receiving she was also able to hold off uh, some physical challenges as well so i think it was a good game for from uribe she she was aggressive without the ball and acted really well as the outlet for for levante las planas who were like struggling to keep hold of the ball so yeah apart from that like there aren't many tactical notes because the game became so lopsided at one point because levante las planas weren't able to generate any sort of really good chance misa did not have much to do all game and the second half was was just the same so 
if if we start like if we start to dissect the second half inside the 30 second mark from from uh, when the second half started we instantly have a chance we instantly quickly build uh, build from the back and have this chance generated from from the wide areas once again which is which is again a common theme in our play this this open goal in front of atenea atenea misses it and she slides she slides on the ground and hits her head on the on the post which initially like it seemed like okay it's not a big deal like she slowly slid and hit her head but the goalkeeper was instantly like oh she has hit her head uh, and there's obviously concussion protocol so she looked worried as well and quickly the medical staff was out and everything but there's two things like obviously atenea suffering a head injury is is not good but again we were our dominance showed inside the opening 30 seconds of the second half where we were able to create an open goal opportunity despite like levantelas planas having bodies back but we were able to exploit it by using our our wide players so yeah and i mean we were so dominant i at that point when atenea hit her head on the post it felt like it wouldn't change a thing if she was like substituted but she wasn't she came back and she sort of like laughed it off but obviously like as fans looking from the outside you want uh, the pro- uh, protocols to be followed and you know since it wasn't really necessary for atenea to be on the pitch it would have been like better to just take her off uh, following that point but whatever so yeah i mean what did you make of that initial like chance from which atenea got hurt uh, and what did you make of of the of the whole incident really yeah uh i mean yeah the chance itself um so we had like a few of chances like that that the ball um well the ball was sent in through a cross which was as i mentioned we had a few uh, very successful crosses and that it ended with a bad touch or just um you know weird miss kind of um we had a few of those in the game uh but this one um she she not only lost like her balance and she, she just she hit her head there uh, uh, just i don't know it, it didn't look uh, like you said it didn't look uh, bad at first but when you um when they put the replay on you see okay i definitely hit her head um and the medical staff was around her for a couple of minutes and yeah i, I don't i don't know uh, why she wasn't subbed off to be honest um uh, after like five minutes maybe because you know you have to leave a bit of time for others to um to for this to warm up and she could she could obviously continue because as you said she laughed it off a bit but uh the thing is she was uh, at risk of concussion and that's not a good idea to leave a player on pitch and she got off at like 66 minute i think um so that's what 20 minutes of playing after that 
to me, I find it stupid. Uh, I really do find it stupid. I mean, I remember that time that uh, I think it was against Chelsea that uh, Kathleen got like two or three hits in the head. She she had her head wrapped around and that he even made a sub in the center backs and everything, but he uh, he didn't sub her out. He subbed out Rocio instead of her. Um, so th- that that's one of the stupid things that I'm talking about. Like when the player is at risk of a concussion. Uh, you don't know if there is um, any danger until the tests are carried out. Obviously, so just sub sub her out. Not not a big deal, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, she played for twenty more minutes. That that's that's the worst thing of all of this. I mean, this stuff happens. She just slid there and uh, hit her head. But uh, as a manager, I I feel like that's a very dumb move. Not to make, you know, do not sub her out immediately. But yeah, uh, hopefully she's okay. I mean, she we hadn't heard anything, so probably nothing. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about like management, and we have spoken about it in detail in the previous pods about how our in-game management and in-game management isn't the best because there have been instances like this. Like here, it was different because obviously. Uh, there was a risk of Athena suffering a concussion but even before when we were in complete control when the game like looked like it was done and dusted it was a chance for the other players to get get a run in we still had players like Weir running throughout the 90 and stuff so it doesn't make sense you have to conserve some of your best players you have to protect them and obviously when there's a there's a risk uh, as big as a concussion which could prove to be a, a long-term issue or you know don't even know what sort of problems it can it can have it's always better to be cautious in that case especially like when the game is not in the balance or, or, or anything like that so yeah obviously not not very happy with with that decision because we could have done without her as well and yeah i mean beyond that we make a double change change in the 66th minute when uh, Esther and Toletti come on and Maite and Athene are taken off. So Maite's night ends, but now we have an even more dynamic midfielder in Toletti playing alongside Tere. Tere who had replaced Zoranosa in, in the first half due to injury. Let's talk a bit about Tere, I think, because this is... Like Tere was sitting on the bench for the last three games, and it makes no sense to me why, in games where you wanted a sort of a physical presence, a better defensive output from your midfielder, you don't really count on on a on a player that can do that. Like who is also good in possession, who has previously performed in the big games as well, who has been in good form. She just disappears like this. This happens with a lot of players. They could have one good game and then they just, you know, never see the light of the day again. And Tere had a good game. Tere came on. Uh, I spoke about how we were quickly able to like move the ball from one side to the other side. Tere was a big part of that because Tere has good range in her passing and she showed that she 
had a 90% completion rate on her long passes. She attempted like 10 long balls and she completed 9 of them. And she was a major part because she was playing as the as the deepest midfielder with Maite, allowing Maite to push up in the first half. And then whenever we had ball on one side, she would offer uh, as, as, the deeper, uh, as the deeper midfielder. She would show up for the ball and then she would be able to switch the ball to the other side. So, you know, a player who who can do that, who can consistently do that, plus provide you physicality in, in the duels. You bring her on for like final few minutes against Levante Las Planas and don't like count on her in big games. It's it's not, uh, I don't know, I can't understand that. But yeah, Tere had a good game for me. She came on, she did uh, really well as the deepest midfielder. She not only like provided... Uh, a chance creation platform with her switches but also like provided a good screening presence in in front and helped recover the ball as well so yeah what were your thoughts on on that performance by Tere and what did you make of her not being counted on in the previous three games because it makes no sense to have such a player on the bench and not count on her you know because in the previous games where where we did not win any of those in the previous three our subs just seem pre- pre-decided it had nothing to do with what is going on in the game or how we needed to change the game uh, and game dynamic and that makes it even more worse uh, somehow so yeah what were your thoughts on Terry's performance in this game in particular and I mean it it comes down to game management talk again so if you want to like briefly touch upon it you can but we have discussed this multiple times I think it's it's is the same cyclic thing about how poor our squad management and game management has been. So, yeah, just just your thoughts on Tere's performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you like to listen to me rage about game management. <laughs> but uh, I've already kind of did that with the uh, Atenea thing. So let's not go deeper into it. But I mean, um, aside from that, I'm glad that I'm glad that it wasn't Freya who was subbed instead of Verde, because we've seen him doing that uh, multiple times. I mean, he just think, oh, he has Tere on the bench. Why, why not put Tere there instead of? Um, well, it's just Freya. I just like this weird tactic that he has around Freya, like crazy idea that he thinks Freya can do with the team. I don't know. But yeah, basically, uh, we were 2-0 up when she was subbed uh, subbed on, so um, there was a possibility of Freya coming in, just just so you know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, you said pretty much um, most of it about her performance. and I, I mean, it's it's Tere. I mean, I like when she operates from the back. Uh, I've spoken I've spoken about it uh, before that uh, I actually like when she's operating from the back more uh, than when she's you know um, a little bit up or something. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's because of her range of passing sometimes being too fast. Um, for uh, because the pass to the front line sometimes is too fast for the uh, player in front that has to get the ball and everything. Uh, 
so yeah, I've spoken about it before, uh, like well, quite a, quite some time ago actually. But yeah, and she did that a lot. She also at some moments, um, including corners, um, had a couple of shots and try uh, tried to get on target. She didn't manage. Uh, but yeah, I mean. We got uh, Perez um, rocket shots as well, uh, even though they didn't end up on target. So uh, I missed uh, I missed Tere. She hasn't played for what three games, and you know that game when uh, my ten Misa got the her their hundredth cap, and Tere was next actually with ninety eight games. Now it's ninety nine because she played one game, but like, that was three games ago that. They got that hundred tap and she didn't play free games and then she played uh this one and yeah. So she didn't get her hundredth cap before this international break. But yeah, I don't understand why. Uh, I don't understand why she hasn't been playing, but uh we don't understand a lot of things uh when it comes to game management when it comes to um some players like um playing good one game and uh, disappearing next one like completely from the idea of the real for some reason. And yeah, I missed that. So yeah, um, all in all, just good performance. I, I don't have much to add from what you mentioned. So yeah. So yeah, Tere had really good performance. Like like I mentioned, like she was uh, from set pieces. She was also involved in like creation of uh, chances for us. She had like six shot creating actions from, uh, according to FB Ref, which is like the third highest in the, in the team. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense for me that a player of her caliber is, uh, is not even an option as as a substitute for you to you know in order to impact games where you are not able to control or where you need sort of. A, a physical presence with a good on-ball presence as well and somebody who can uh you ha- who has that long range shots in in her arsenal as well so yeah i guess we'll just have to see how how it goes and if she is counted upon more because she at one point it seemed like uh tere toletti and weir became like this mainstay with uh maite getting opportunities on the flank and stuff it felt like that is going to be the mainstay, but <laughs> we were we were wrong about it. So yeah, let's let's see how how it progresses and how much more minutes Tere actually gets on the field because it's 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 imperative that a player of her quality has to be playing uh, quite regularly. So yeah, and as soon as like Esther came on, we know Esther's eagerness to sort of have. Uh, you know, get involved, get consistently, uh, be the one receiving the ball, consistently be the one uh, pouncing uh, on the ball, on the receiving and dropping deep. You know, she always wants to have, have the ball. So we, we saw that instantly as she came on uh, inside like three minutes, we see Weir picking her up. We see that synergy that has developed between Weir and Esther. Weir instantly plays a reverse ball into the path of Esther and she takes a really good shot. Uh, it's It takes a touch from the goalkeeper's hand and it's uh, it goes wide. But 
you could instantly see the synergy that we obviously like always talk about which comes by players playing uh, regularly together and we see that not just in in the way in the way they are able to find each other but also off the ball the they are a big part of our pressing scheme and you, you see that like you see that instant connection so yeah i mean esther obviously managed to get on the ball managed to get in the shots uh, as well and she is this she is this really really eager player because there was an incident in the 74th minute where uh, i think it's caroline weir trying to play slide a ball through in behind and there's olga making a run in uh, and there's esther as well making a run in behind and olga is not in an offside position where uh, esther is slightly in an offside position but she goes for the ball <laughs> before uh, olga gets a touch on it and it's called offside and that's the thing like uh, esther does get caught offside uh, a lot of times but she is obviously always like there making those runs making herself available so it's it's fine like it's part of the parcel you can't always uh, hold the line correctly but yeah she she at times is like overzealous to get on the ball and overzealous to keep hold of the ball and the release time can be off sometimes we have discussed this as well where we are like okay maybe she could have released it just a second earlier maybe things could have been different maybe you know we she could have left it for somebody else so yeah i mean that is i think the part of the package we get with esther uh, so we'll have to accept it uh now comes the absolute like best part or like the most talked about part or the most viral part of the game in the 81st minute we make another two changes we bring on moler and savava for veer and olga Two minutes later, Moller receives the ball from Ivana around the halfway line. Moller looks up, sees the goalkeeper is slightly out of her line. From around the halfway line, just a few yards out, she takes a wild shot. Like you would never expect a player to take a shot from there, and it. travels like a tracer bullet right into the goal like it it is a top notch goal like you is the sort of goal that makes you jump off of off of your seat what a strike what a thunderous strike possibly one of the goals of the season i don't know but wonderful strike and she instantly runs towards the bench everybody is really happy they're celebrating but what a goal what a goal like this is the perfect like cherry on the top moment where you have a player where you're so dominant you have a player who picks up the ball around the halfway line and just takes a whip at it and such a good strike such a good connection that it's it's unsavable it travels so quickly and it's so hit with such power amazing goal just i don't ha- i i'm like it's it's a day out from that goal uh, when that goal was scored and i still don't have words to like describe it i was i was just screaming when i saw that happen live so yeah what were your reactions on that insane goal which is probably the goal of the season for me but yeah what were your thoughts what were your reactions on that goal uh it, it came from absolutely nowhere 
So you can imagine my reaction. Uh, it was screaming. I, I audibly screamed. Um, so there's that. Uh, I I didn't expect that. <laughs> uh, I didn't expect her to shoot from there, let alone uh, hit the dar- hit the target. But the shot, oh my god! So she sent it to the upper right corner. I I'm amazed to be honest. And um, the goalkeeper isn't even that short. I think that she's um, quite tall. But she went out a bit. Uh, I think actually she left the right side open for Mila. And she saw that and shot to the top right corner. It's crazy, crazy rocket. Um, but I, I always have to add two things. Uh, first, uh, something that uh, actually Mila mentioned herself in uh, on Instagrams. Uh, she just uh, thanked Ivana for her assist. So yeah, there was an assist uh, that goal. Uh, no one remembers it, uh, but I will just tell you how it went. So that when I say that goal uh, came out of nowhere, I do mean out of nowhere because we had a uh, we had a throw in. Uh, near their corner flag, Kenty uh, took it, and from that, like it was a very chaotic throw, and it got sent back to our half. Um, and it it was just uh, uh, people kicking the ball somewhere, just uh, Levante Las Planas kicking the ball to our half, us trying to uh, leave the ball here. It just you know chaotic, and then it lands to Ivana in, at, on our half, and uh, she just. Um, it's an interesting pass. It's just, yeah, it just passes it like through the air. It's just, uh, inter- it was an interesting kick. You can see it and lands to um, Mila. She um, she thinks what to do and kind of sees that opportunity to shoot and she just shoots from there. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add that. And the second thing is uh, Mila was actually on the left wing, um, playing on the left wing. However, because this was a throw-in, she was obviously pulled more centrally. And luckily she was there. And that uh, chaotic throw-in happened really quickly. Like that whole action was very quick uh, before Ivana got it to Mila. But luckily she was there because she, uh, for the rest of the game, like you can see the, the like next what ten minutes, uh, you can he- see her operating um, very wide, like just on the um, line uh, on the left wing, and she was there all the time, and she was uh, making some good combinations. I mean, she hasn't been playing, so uh, but for someone that doesn't play, uh, she did good in that game um i mean there weren't any more um things to talk about after that goal i think i don't remember anything um notable that happened but yeah uh i think i think that uh everyone needed to chill a bit after that goal because um i think that goal actually had to be the last thing to happen in that game because it was. It just boosts up your adrenaline, your serotonin, everything. Like everything, it just um, 
And with that, we finished this game that was um, kind of all over the place since that Sonosa sub, uh, like, you know, with uh, the mood and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it was a fantastic game. Yeah to the match and you can see how the team celebrated she went straight to the bench uh and they all jumped on her they were so uh, um smiling and screaming at her so so cute so cute and it seems like in one of the pictures that Ramadrid uh posted that she was like briefly doing a calma calma celebration um we didn't see that in the broadcast but uh Hopefully it was a Kama Kama celebration because, yeah, <laughs> I it's just cool, okay, and yeah, um, just just great, great uh, climax, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was a Kama Kama. I think it was just um, her putting her hands down, like usually most players do that, but whatever, like. Uh, it, it was an awesome goal like there's no <laughs> i don't know what what else we can say about it because it, it, pff, wow i still don't have words like what a strike probably the goal of the season we'll we'll keep hearing about it we saw the clips all over all over the social media everyone was talking about it so yeah and beyond that nothing happened like <laughs> in the second half entirely Levante Las Planas only managed to get like two shots and none of them were like really good chances to be fair we continued to dominate we continued to have chances and there's a reason like this shot came from around the halfway line it had an xg of around like 0.01 and we uh, we accrued an xg of 3.5 in this game so we not only had a very good shot volume but also a lot of the chances that we created were actually of really high quality so yeah i mean <laughs> it was a dominant game a feel good game and a game that we needed to bounce back from those poor performances in the last three games let's talk about some individual performances and i think we need to talk about two players in particular one of them who started the game Maite Oroz I think this game was Maite just you know bullying players on the ball with, with the ball she was doing bits that you know you associate with her she was taking on players she was consistently in the right area she was attacking the box without the ball making late runs she was finding those line breaking incisive balls that only she can spot she was everywhere she was everywhere as always she was the link player that we needed and it, it was a it was an excellent performance from her frankly uh, and you know it, we always see her in these different roles like if you just compare this with the previous game against barcelona she started off as the right winger here she was playing in the double pivot when she joined madrid she was the deepest midfielder for the entire season so we have had Maite play these different roles. She hasn't got a lot of chances as the number 10, but we have seen her as, as the 10 as well. And in every single position and every single role that she has been asked to play, she has always impressed. And that is, that is really like very, very uh, impressive for a player who 
you know made her name as as the uh, playmaker in, in the side previously to show that level of adaptability is just impressive really really impressive and i mean yeah i mean <laughs> there's a reason i have her as my uh, profile pic on on uh, on twitter but yeah amazing player great performance from her the other player that i want to talk about is sandy toletti sandy toletti's impact on the team we have discussed this uh, a lot of times before as well like how she has been able to you know do bits she has been able to provide us balance and structure with with how much she does uh, on the field she was on the pitch for 24 minutes and then this is really shocking because i i wasn't expecting this but according to fb ref in those 24 minutes she played 13 progressive passes which is the highest in the entire game she played eight passes into the final third so she was consistently helping us move possession in uh, higher up the pitch while playing as the deepest midfielder which is you want like while consistently like supporting play from our own third she was just incredible like she she offers so much she is one moment you will see her helping out defense by making a tackle or making a late recovery in our own third the next moment you will find her making a run uh making a run in the final third of the pitch providing support or just you know recovering position or helping us press the opposition into submission in the final third so it's just amazing how how much she does and how perfectly suited she is to play in that double pivot role as the box to box midfielder she she is just a perfect archetype for for the box to box role i feel yeah and i think she was really uh, impressive so yeah other players you can talk about are you know probably linda caicedo once again impressive she has always looked really threatening always been involved there hasn't been a game where you would say oh linda was isolated she wasn't involved in the game because the way her play style goes the way she likes to operate she always likes to get on the ball and always offer for the ball in the half spaces so having this dynamic develop between you know having both veer and linda caicedo operating as the free tens is something that i think is really interesting to uh, you know observe and see how much chance it's given and how much time it's given on the pitch the one thing that i would say is when you are playing like these two uh, free tens with caicedo and veer you need one runner you sometimes like having ester as well there it it doesn't work as good somebody on twitter pointed it out to me that ever since we have started playing uh, veer and linda caicedo we have not scored <laughs> scored a goal and which is a fair observation which is a true observation if you if you look at it but i think it it's not down to us playing two free tens it's down to us not uh complementing their profiles their chance creation abilities with a runner in behind which ester isn't now this is not to say that you bench ester and play feller as the as the striker because ester obviously offers a lot uh, more in, in of the ball situations and stuff and has a better synergy with veer but we have to find solutions when we are trying to uh, you know play this maybe start feller on the right or you know use her as a, when you using her as a rotation option we can you know uh, 
instantly change games we can instantly change the way we play if you are having two 1v1 wingers in Olga and Athene and you want to change it to more control and more uh, more controlled possession with two free tens you can do that now so having a player like Linda and having complementary profiles like Feller in the team it gives us an option to actually build something to actually have uh, have players who can come off the bench help us change our play style and be effective in doing so so yeah good things to look forward to it's it's an interesting development i don't think uh, there is much to say that it can't work but obviously it needs to be complemented by having the right uh, sort of players around uh, you know your two uh, free tens so yeah what did you make of uh, what did you make of uh, Toletti? What did you make of Maite's performance and any other players that stood out to you, even from like Levantelas Planas? If you have anything to add, you can do so. Uh, I think for Levantelas Planas, the player that really stood out to me was Uribe. As always, like Uribe and Elena Julve are two players who uh, who like lead the line for for them, and they did so in this case as well. So apart from that, I don't really. Uh, have much to add on that but yeah you can take it away you can talk about your top performers uh, and we can then wrap it up um yeah i mean definitely the well first i i think i would give my mvp of the match to maite uh i don't understand why um she got subbed off so early but i mean i'm i'm not complaining since i mean she got subbed off for toletti and uh, Toletti was had a crazy game. You, uh, I won't add anything else. You described it uh, like much better and much more detailed than I would ever be able to. So yeah, um, uh, at the end of the days, I I'm not complaining about the sub, uh, even though um, it's still an early Mita sub. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, about Las Planas, I don't really have much to add except for well, yeah, Uribe was definitely um, definitely their MVP. However, I think that she might have gotten a, should have gotten a red card actually because a few minutes before that um, Sonosa clash, she earned herself a yellow card. So yeah, I mean if she had gotten the second yellow it would have been a different story definitely for everyone included in the game so yeah i just um ignoring that she did have a good game but yeah <laughs> and yeah i don't think i have much more to add if you said pretty much so we can wrap it up all right so nothing else to add from the game i have a very weird note in my <laughs> in my match note where i spotted anna rosel in the in attendance for the game uh, i don't know if she was there in the second half but she was definitely there for the first uh yeah weird observation make of that information what you will but now comes the dreaded period of international breaks we hope that none of our players get injured all of them get ample rest <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we will bring the coverage from the international break to you guys. We'll bring you match reports and how our Madridistas did in, in their respective games. Uh, 
But until then, a la Madrid. A la Madrid. Sports Social Podcast Network.